Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. And welcome to episode 400 of the Mom Hour. I am what? Sarah Powers here again and as always with Megan Again Francis. and again <laughs> still, and again. Still. <laughs> 400 times. Oh my gosh. Still here we are. Oh my gosh. Well, we have an episode topic that loosely lines up with this today because we are going to be talking about birthdays and milestones, especially as they relate in family life to kids getting older, which is sort of analogous to this episode milestone where we're like, okay, 400, like here we are. We're not, we aren't, it's not like our first birthday. It's not cute. We don't, there's no like smash cake or anything like that. No. And 400 is, it is an awkward birthday. It's kind of like, it's like nine, you know, or something like that. It's like, it's not, it's, it's neither fish nor fowl. Now I have to ask you, Sarah, did you practice how to say analogous I, that no. is a word that I cannot get. I didn't practice, but as it was coming out of my mouth and listeners, we really do like, <laughs> this is it, being a podcaster. You are aware in real time of how you say certain words. And as it was coming out of my mouth, I just had that fleeting thought like, well, I feel pretty confident saying this word. So I'm going to be pretty embarrassed if it's wrong. You sounded amazing saying it, but I have to say it's one of those words I see written and I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Is that how, how would one say that word? Analogous. I like it. Okay. Continue with the monologue. The monologue. The monologue. The monologue. <laughs> well, we are 400 today. Something else that's happening this week, maybe a little bit um, more in the motherhood sphere, is that my youngest, who is also the collective youngest of all of our eight yes. children, the baby of this podcast family, is turning 10. So let's see. This episode is airing a few days before her birthday. So if you're listening this week, she'll be turning 10 this coming weekend. And yeah, I mean, of course I have the feels about that. 10 is double digits. It's a very big birthday when you're a kid who is turning 10. And then as we'll get into today, as moms, I think we get the feels in different ways when our first kid hits a milestone, 
maybe when certain personality kids hit milestones and then with your last baby, it's just, it's a little different every time. So this is also for me this week, my littlest one is just not little. We used to say little, first we said toddler to teen, and then we said, we've said little to grown for a long time. I mean, she is still so little in my mind because my other two are so big, but 10 is not little. It's not a little kid. No, but in my mind, man, 10 is still so little. But I remember that exact feeling like when Clara turned 10, which wasn't that long ago, three, well, three and a half years, almost four years. uh, I remember feeling like, oh, wow, this is a thing. You know, it's like you can't even. So when it's your youngest kid, you can just still like think of them as little for a long time. So you get like a grace period. Like those listeners who are listening, let's say you have seven and eight year olds as your oldest that feels so big. But when your youngest is seven or eight, they'll be all still like a jacked up toothy smile and they'll still say things funny and they'll still. So you can like the last kid grace period extends a good two or three years. But I just feel like it's just fourth grade and 10 is just not that little anymore. And I will also say that I don't know that this is the case in all families, but um, Clara was at 10 still just the sweetest little thing. And um, I she played that role as the baby of the family quite a long and still kind of does. But I look at her now and I'm like, there's no playing anymore. You're almost 14 years old. Like we can't, you're not a baby. Yeah. (laughs) We we all like all of us keep trying to like, you know, snuggle her like a baby. She still has her childhood. um, Clara bear. We still call her her childhood nickname, but it's not, she's not. It starts to look. Like like an ill-fitting piece of clothing. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Well, these big milestones, the 400, the 10, it just kind of got us thinking about bigger kid birthdays and also bigger kid celebrations that aren't birthdays. Because there are things like graduation or like getting your braces on or off. There are things that happen with big kids and teens and even giant man children like you have that as moms, they give us the feels in, the, in a yeah. similar way to having your first baby turn one, but in a very different way. And that's kind of what today's episode is about. More about our motherhood experience of celebrating our bigger kids through their major milestones. So we're going to have fun with this. But I want to drill down a little bit before we start talking about our kids into this 400 milestone, because maybe we have some newer listeners. And I, I think we, we're always getting people coming in midstream to the world of the mom hour. So um. The, the milestones are funny because we number our Tuesday episodes sequentially. So like episode one was March something or other 2015, and those are one to 400. But if you're a regular listener, you know that we also do different kinds of episodes. Um, More than mom episodes are usually two Sundays a month. Uh, sometimes that goes up and down a little bit and those don't have numbers. Why? I don't know, because At they're some called point more it than seemed mom. like a good yeah. idea. I don't, you know, or or we defaulted into it. Yeah. Of all the things we could change if we looked back now, that might be one, but you know, you can't, you can't go back and it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. And then we have our voices, which, um, that the voices idea has ebbed and flowed over the years and been different things, but it's generally when somebody else besides Megan and Sarah is an interview guest or with us on the podcast, those are numbered on their own for what reason we don't know. So there's like 82 of those or something like that. So I think we just never thought we'd still be doing this. Yeah. Well, the first (laughs) time you do something, it's, it's hard to think, how do I want to number this? How do I want to structure this? So now this is all a little like how the sausage gets made, but people might find it interesting that you're listening to episode 400 of a podcast that has 
I think, 630 episodes. It's right around there. And this is the part that's actually important. If you're if you've stuck with us this far, all 630 of those are now available, Megan, in the podcast apps. This is huge. So for a long time, um, different technical factors limited the size of what showed up in Apple Podcasts and Spotify to 300. Um, And then some platforms started allowing that to be bigger and some didn't. And then we switched um, our hosting provider behind the scenes that definitely allowed us to include all 630. And so um, I think it's app specific, but I have not heard a single person who can't get all 630 no matter where they listen. And that's like double what people used to be able to get. It's crazy. And it also means so people were so sweet when they were excited with us. I honestly didn't think the listeners would care that much, except for new listeners who want to binge from the beginning. But even longtime listeners have said, oh, my favorite episode is like episode 114. And now I can easily go listen to it or I can send it to a friend or whatever. Now, the whole time you've been able to listen to these on our website, it's not that they're unlistenable, but, you know, who listens in a browser? So. Not anymore. Yeah. That, that I stopped doing that in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Which means the rest of the world figured it out in 2014. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks for being with us, whether you have been here for all 630 slash 400 episodes, or if you are brand new, we're just really glad you're here. Sarah, our sponsor, Vionic, is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip on Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. We are welcoming back Olive and June as a sponsor. And Megan, I'm so excited about this partnership because with spring right around the corner, I love refreshing the little things in my life, including my manicure. I am the biggest fan of doing my nails at home instead of at a salon because it's convenient, so much cheaper at just $2 a mani, and the results can't be beat. It all begins with Olive and June. Yeah, Olive and June's mani system has everything you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. These are profesh tools designed just for DIY. A couple of the items included are their best-selling poppy, which makes it so easy to brush on a smooth coat, even with your non-dominant hand, which you do have to use about half the time, it turns out. (laughs) And their award-winning cuticle serum, which is so nourishing and a finishing touch I love. Well, I've been a big fan of their quick dry polish for a while now. It seriously dries in about a minute, making it perfect for busy moms. Visit oliveandjune.com slash themomhour for 20% off your first mani system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first mini system. Okay, Megan. So I mentioned Violet is coming up on 
10. My other two kids for reference are 12 and 14. They have springish birthdays. So in a few months, they'll be 13 and 15. Um, but I am curious if you as a mom have certain numbers that when your kids turn them, you're like, oh my gosh, holy crap, my kid is this many years old. Just the numbers themselves. I know kids make you feel that way sometimes with their, you know, their big milestones, but the numbers themselves, do you have any that just feel old to you? Yeah. So I will say that when my kids were really little, like when we had, you know, babies, toddlers, that kind of thing, every year felt huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but more recently, 13 felt really big first teenage year, right? 18 and 21. The fact that I have now multiple, more of my kids are over the age of 18 than are under that for me was like, not even specific to the age, more specific to, oh my gosh, like my life for two and a half decades has been being a mom. And now more of my kids than not are of the age of majority. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, they're not even children anymore, which is crazy. Um, when they were little, I do remember feeling like five was huge. Five felt to me like a crossover. They're yes. still little, but they're not babies. It's like they're, they, they're, you know, there's a big shift that happens yep. at five. And we've talked about that. 10, um, you know, big nod to Violet also felt like a big yeah. one. I do want to point out that I feel like with five kids, there's a huge difference between having the oldest or youngest kids hit a milestone age as opposed to like the masses in the middle. <laughs> or just the one in the middle in my case. Cause right, I or in your kids, case, the yeah. one. But yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like with um, Jacob and Clara, the oldest and the youngest, anytime they hit, you know, when Jacob hit every single one of those ages, including 25, which is how old he is now, that felt huge. When Clara's hit big ages, like she's 13 now, that felt huge. Um, when the three in the middle did it, it was just like, oh yeah, that's a thing that happens. Yeah. Like, good for you. It was more personal to them, not to me. Like, yeah. good for you that that happened, but I still have kids older and younger. So it didn't have the same impact, I guess. Yeah. And I don't know if you've experienced that as well. I, I have. And a little later in the show, we'll talk about the impact that weirdly COVID has had on some of our yeah. big kid, big milestones. Um, and that definitely has I'm experiencing with my middle having milestones and then almost feeling like a first. But yes, I, I agree. The first time and the last time just have their own um, significance. It's funny you said five and 10. I was going to say the exact same numbers. And I don't think it's just because they're like, in the numbering system, they're sort of evenly spaced. I don't know in our, what do you call our number? Like our decimal system. Um, I think five is really big too. And I, a lot of kids turn five the year before they start kindergarten, especially now there's not a lot of people sending newly fives or almost fives to kinder. And so something about turning five and being on the precipice of like the next stage of school always felt big in my house for all three of my kids. Um, and I think 10 too, I think I like having a kid turn 10 feels big. And I agree with 13. I I wasn't planning to co-sign on all your numbers, but I just, I just do. just, they are, they're big because they are. Yeah. 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 So then I guess my next question is, do you think the kids feel the same way or do you, have you noticed that kids look forward to a certain number. Um, like we haven't even talked about 16, but 16 in California is big for a lot of kids for driving. And so what have you noticed about your kids and how they perceive different numbers as being big? 
I think this is really personality driven. Okay. Because I have had like little kids. I feel like up to a certain age, all of my kids have come up with the reason to believe every single birthday is an equally important milestone. And I was that way. And so maybe that's me projecting on them. But I remember for sure being a little kid. I remember I have a very clear memory of telling my mom on my sixth birthday that it was time to let me use a big fork because every, you know, that's like the salad forks and the, you know, and I still had a little one. And I remember being like, oh, well, but no, I'm six now. So, oh, and she would still feed me off the smaller plate, Uh the salad sized plate at that age. And I said, no, it's, it's time for me to like upgrade. And I think that. I, I, this is embarrassing to say, but I think it was the year before that I said I didn't want to wear a bib at dinner anymore. My mom still put a bib on me because I was a very messy eater. And I you have were photos the baby. of me. She wanted to preserve you. I still have photos of me at like five years old <laughs> wearing it. was like this molded plastic bib with like a big uh-huh. trough on the bottom. Uh-huh. I know exactly. With what like you're about. spaghetti like falling <laughs> into it. And I remember asking to not wear the bib anymore. So I just feel like kids. Every year, I mean, it's such a huge percentage uh-huh. of their life. If you're five, that's a fifth of your life. Yeah, that has happened in the last year. So, yeah. Um, I also do think though that some kids are just more birthday oriented, and I know we'll talk about this a little bit later about how our kids feel about birthdays and yeah, and like what you know what they want out of those milestones. Um, I do think that some kids probably don't care as much about their birthdays as we do from day one. And it might just take us a little while to figure it out. Like, I think that there's kids of mine who never really cared that much about their birthday, but because I care about their birthday and I thought it was important, I kind of tried to give equal attention to every kid's every single birthday. And maybe they didn't care. And in fact, I think some of them almost want to downplay it. Yeah. 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 I think that's true of adults too. If we think about yeah. it, um, yeah. different, I think you and I both like our birthdays. Wouldn't you say I might like oh, my yeah. birthday yeah. more than you like your birthday. I really like my birthday. You really like your birthday, but I that's do. okay. I really like my All birthday. Right. Sometimes I feel like I can let, I can let years go by where I don't think very much about it, but when I'm ready to have a celebratory birthday, I'm really ready yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I don't, yeah. I don't need like, um, fireworks and huge parties. I just, I really look forward to my birthday and I really like that it exists. I guess it's like, I wouldn't, yeah, I'd be very sad if it got like passed over. So, well, this um, episode is not about our birthdays, Um, but we do have a lot of, could it be? be? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Mine's a month away in case anyone's counting. Um, No, but I was thinking back to our episodes we've done about birthdays and birthday parties and family culture around birthdays. And in general, we focused on younger kids. So I guess I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the celebrations themselves in our families or even parties and how those have changed as kids have gotten older. And I think a big one in our family is, like you said, the kids start to have their own personalities around birthdays and even have their own idea of what constitutes a birthday celebration. Now, I'm going to say COVID the last two and a half, what are we, almost three years, has also played into this because I was reflecting on my kids' last handful of birthdays. So three kids times the last two years, you know, six birthdays or so. A lot of those were impacted by the pandemic. So we were also finding creative ways to celebrate that maybe didn't include a big party. But the truth is, when my kids were small, we were never the family that did big classroom parties, but they did go to a lot of their friends' parties. And I think when kids are little, it's pretty easy to just look at the world around you and equate 
birthday equals party. So, okay, I'm five or six years old. I'm having a birthday. What's my party going to be? What's the theme going to be? Like, I remember my kids, even when we'd have like six friends from the neighborhood in the driveway, there had to be like a Harry Potter theme. That's what they were used to. That's what society had sort of showed them. But with my older kids, I think we've approached it much more like, okay, this is a special day. What would make it feel special to you? And it's, it's all over the map. It could be like, their favorite food served at dinner. Um, Violet told me that this year, her goal, she used the word goal. Maybe that's a January thing. She said that her goal on her birthday is to eat French fries from two different restaurants in the same day, which like, that's, that's amazing. A, that's a pretty love, good goal. That's like Violet, the detail oriented, like oh, yeah. party planner right uh-huh. there, because who would have, I might, I might actually <laughs> love that, but it would never occur to me that that would be a goal. Right. And you just know, to even call it a goal that she'd thought about and like, right. you know, like this, I need to That's help the make kind of this thing happen. that might just happen yeah. to me. And I'd be like, Ooh, right. that was interesting, but I would never plan for it. I love it. Yeah, exactly. So I think this has been a really, for me, this has been a really welcome shift that we sort of look at, like, it's almost like this is your day. The container is that this is your day. What's going to make it special? Is it friends? Like, is it go- having a couple of friends sleep over or going to see a movie with some friends? Um, so I have really welcomed, I guess, the separation of automatically thinking party equals birthday. So that yeah. that's one way. Um, I've also noticed the last couple of years now as we're like coming through the pandemic, my older two kids had birthdays that like co like coincided with very busy seasons of life. Reads is always like the last week of school. Um, Luke's is in late April. And what that means is like they they now are teenagers almost for read and they're living lives that include like practice sports practices and theater practices and and busy school life and I think it was almost like when they were little I thought I needed to spend the whole day sort of like honoring their fiveness or their threeness I would need to write a beautiful social media post and and look through old pictures and like have all the feels and now we just are this we're just this busy older kid family and that also is okay so it's like yeah, you're going to go to theater practice and you're going to do homework and you're going to, we're going to drive carpool because that's your life. And you're happen to be 14 today and we'll also try to make it special. So I don't know if that made sense, but it's, it's like, it's okay to just have a day. That's a normal day. And also your birthday. And for some reason, when they were little, I think I thought it was on me to like really dedicate the whole day. Oh, I totally agree. Even if you didn't, even if they were off at kindergarten or preschool for most of it, you still feel like you have to be in mom of a newly minted three-year-old yes. phase, like stage all day thing. long. Yeah. And, you know, and, and there's something really lovely and beautiful about that. It just yeah. doesn't last. It, it doesn't have to last any longer than you want it to, which can be not at all. Like right. there's lots of kids who grow up having very low key birthdays or whose parents don't do that and are just fine. So, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, and then last one I thought of, I am really enjoying giving experience gifts much more with older kids and much more on birthdays than with Christmas. I mean, obviously older kids can appreciate an experience gift better than like a five-year-old. It's, it's harder for to delay gratification when you're little or to open something up that says, I'm going to take you for a mani pedi or whatever. It's just not it in general, that gets easier as kids get older. But also I feel like birthdays have been a more natural way for us to do this. So say it's like tickets to a concert or a Broadway show that has been really fun for me to give as a gift giver. And I think I'm not going to speak for my children, but I think they, they take those and get excited about them in a different way 
than giving that kind of thing at the holidays. And I'm not sure why. I think Christmas, there's just a lot of built in about opening up presents, even when you even when you are 12 or 13. Um, So that's been really fun for Violet. She doesn't know this, so I'm not going to let her listen, but we're going to gift her um, the ability to redo parts of her room. Now, because it's Violet, it's not going to be a blank check. We're going to I want to find some creative way to show her that she can get new bedding a new rug and like one thing for her wall. So I'm going to like, there has to be like a finite. Otherwise she will take that and run with it. And then it'll end up feeling like a disappointment or something. But yeah, so that's what we're giving this year. And it's not even something that she can really open. It's more of like credit to it's like, it's like free money, but to do it in a creative way. So that you can't do that with five and six year olds. And I think it's really fun. It is really fun. And I, and because Four of my five children have late fall or early winter birthday. Well, they're all technically fall, but Owens comes right up before Christmas, yeah. you know? So yeah. I've always um, favored, like as, as soon as I could start favoring like an experience gift rather than a gift gift, um, I started doing that because who yeah. wants more stuff in the house right before right. you're going to start buying more stuff for holidays. And it used to get yeah. very confusing if I was trying to shop sales or something and I'd have stuff in the closet and go, wait, is this supposed to be birthday? Is right. this supposed to be Christmas? Yeah. And would this be more fun? Would it be more fun to give them this one cool thing for their birthday, but that's all they get and they have to wait till Christmas or, you know, so it gets a little complicated. Yeah. Um, one thing I am noticing, well, I've never, and I've, we've talked about this a lot um, and I don't, I don't need to reiterate everything I've said about birthdays in the past, but we usually kept birthdays pretty chill two, three gifts max, um, not huge parties. Um, often one of, at least one of the gifts would be something kind of practical. So we didn't, we've never gone like crazy and we don't do like you, we haven't done like the all class birthday parties and things like that, but we always did have sort of that focus on that kid for that day. Even if it was just, you know, my brother's family is going to swing by for cake and ice cream after school when they were all like in elementary school or or younger, that was very easy to do. And then they, like you said, they get older, they have their own lives now. So then it got even more chill and now it's getting even like a little more disrupted, but that's what happens when kids become yeah. older kids and adults. So, um, this was the first year that I think I've either missed or will miss more than half of my kids' birthdays. Like I won't be with them on their yeah. physical birthday. And the first time that happened, and I'm not even honestly sure how it hasn't happened yet with a divorced family and older kids. It just has happened. It's just worked out that most of the time I'm with most of my kids on their actual birthday. And this year, just the calendar being what it is. And I think their dad and I aren't working as hard anymore to be like, okay, so it's actually like, you know, the 24th of September. That means we all have to be together that day. For at least yeah. an hour because it's Isaac's birthday. We just don't do that anymore. You know, if he's got yeah. the kids and, and, and a birthday falls on their, um, on a day they're with him, I just wait until I see yeah. them again or we yeah. do the birthday the week before. So there's been a lot more birthday separation, which means that when you get back together, you know, I asked Owen this year, I said, hey, what do you want to do? He was with John on his birthday. And when he got back, I said, well, hey, what do you want to do for your birthday? He said, let's just go out to eat because I already had a cake and I don't want another one. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, just because it's my thing to make him a cake doesn't mean he has to accept my cake, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's been more of that, which was a little uncomfortable for me. Cause like, who am I yeah. on a kid's birthday? A if birthday not, mom. As not, <gasps> if not the person who makes the crummy cake and like 
you know, the terribly decorated cake that now has become like the family joke. Yeah. Um, I've really backed off of doing social media posts on my kids' birthdays. I still usually will throw a picture of them up on stories, but I used to do like a whole post with yeah. a little thing about them. And I don't anymore because my feed is really about me now. It's not about them. And that was both an accidental and an intentional choice. They got older. It got weirder yep. to always be sharing them. So there was a piece of privacy for them, but then there was also a piece of me just establishing that as more of a thing that was for me than it was for them. And I don't know how much, like, I kind of thought they'd all be relieved that I wasn't like always making them pose for the picture with me. So I could, you know, not making that. It's not like I'm like, pose yeah, yeah, for the yeah. picture. I know what you mean. Pans, you're an yeah. influencer, but you know what I mean? Like it would be a thing and they'd all laugh and joke and make fun of me. And so I stopped doing it. And then the other day we were talking about it and Will's like, well, I always really liked it when you posted about me on social media. And then it, it kind of made me feel bad, but I thought, well, I don't always know what my yeah. kids think in any given moment about how they do or do not want to be immortalized yeah. on my socials, well, right? They, so, I guarantee they're changing their mind too. Because exactly. have you ever met like a 14 through 17 year old? Like they may hate right. it and then they may miss it the, the next month and you're like, what happened? But that's also adolescent. Or they may say they hate it. You know, they may like make a big deal about hating it and and really they like it secretly. But I, I'm not a fortune teller, so I don't know. Um, and then I guess the, only, the other thing we kind of alluded to earlier is that adults feel very differently about their birthdays. I know adults yeah. who feel that birthdays are very depressing mm-hmm. or who just don't really like much attention on yeah. them. But like they still want someone to kind of notice. Sure. But like they don't want a ton of, you know, like surprise birthday party or like eyeballs on them or family paying attention to them. Um, and I think. Like you said, when my kids were younger, it was a lot about me and what I thought it was a little bit self-performative, if that's the word, you know, performing for an audience of myself about Mm -hmm. how good of a birthday mom that I I was. And as they get older, it's like, oh, some kids really just want a quick happy birthday and a hug and move on. And some want a big celebration and and some I have no idea what they want. You know, they're all allowed to figure that out for themselves, like what kind of person they are on their birthday. And so now I feel like the, the trend in my house is to start small and add on if I feel rather than start big and scale back. I'm like starting with a bare minimum, which yeah. I'm very, very thankful that that's the precedent I set all those yeah. years ago. Yeah. Let me just say, because it's very easy to say, oh yeah, hey, your birthday falls on a Wednesday this year. So um, are we celebrating it on a Wednesday or do right. you want to wait for the weekend when you can have some friends? And then they can tell me like, and, and I trust that they'll be honest with me because I don't have expectations built into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so much of what you said actually is like runs much deeper than just like birthdays. I feel like some of what we're talking about actually reminds me of the episode we did about how much we talk or share about our teenagers or not. I think that's episode 164. Um, that if people haven't listened to that one would probably find it interesting. But as you were talking, I was thinking there's this experience of you as a mom having the anniversary of this child's birth. And it is, we do, many of us get quite sappy, a bit emotional. We want to reflect or look at old pictures when the kids are little, they're not on social media with us, or they don't, they're not as tuned into the fact that we might be in this sort of like, um, 
place, this emotional place. It could be happy. It could be wistful. It could be bittersweet. Right. As they get older, I think kids can feel very uncomfortable with that. Like mom's doing that mom thing again, where she's telling me how tiny I was and like what time I was born. So then there's this, like, like you said, then, then we think, Oh, okay, I get it. This makes my kid uncomfortable. I'm not going to do that anymore. But there's like a third thing, which is, there's the third (laughs) thing, which is will saying, Oh, I actually kind of like that. And then the fourth thing, which is we also still deserve to have that experience. Like that is still right our experience to have, but it might make them uncomfortable. And we might need to adjust the, like the direction that that emotion flows. Like they may not want to be just sitting at the table and hearing what their naked butt looked like on their birthday. My kids are so funny yeah. about like, I can't have pictures of like them in the bath, even if it's from behind and there's not even a butt crack, like nothing. They just, the fact that they were ever naked is so mortifying to them. <laughs> and yes. and it might be the same way of if like mom's emotional about how little you used to be or how much you've grown. Kids don't like that. That's okay. They're allowed not to like it. But I also think we're kind of allowed to find our own way to have that sappy experience. We just might have to be aware of their feelings, but also not let their feelings deprive us of a real experience either. Does that make sense? 100%. I couldn't say it better. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we talked about birthdays, but I was thinking about how many big kid and teen milestones actually have nothing to do with birthdays. And I was trying to figure out why that is. I think there's so many coming of age rituals and school related things that happen in our our culture, our Western culture that are loosely tied to age, but not always exactly. So getting a driver's license, um, going to sleep away or like on a trip for a really long period of time, um, romance and school dances and proms. There are things that like really you look at your kid and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm the mom of a kid who fill in the blank, whatever that is, went on a sleepover, got a job. And that's not the same thing as a birthday, but it can have almost that same bigness feeling to it, um, as, as a mom of that kid. Um, so I thought we could kind of talk about that a little bit and maybe share some times that our preteens or teens or big kids have had one of those milestones that gave us those same birthday feels without it being an actual birthday. So I'm wondering what came to mind for you, Megan. So I didn't have this written down, but as you were talking, I just remembered (laughs) Well, it was a little awkward for me because both Jacob and Isaac didn't really care about milestones the same way a lot of other kids do. Will was very into the milestones. Like he really enjoyed the moving from um, recognizable, like socially recognized thing I do now to thing I do now. Uh Uh-huh. Will, so, but then he's my middle. By the time I got to him, I've been through Jake and Isaac who really didn't seem to care much about any of that stuff, but it still happened to them. Yeah. It would just sort of happen, and I'd be like, hey, wait, what? You're going to prom, huh? I didn't even know. They're like, yeah, mom, you know, uh, a girl just asked if I wanted to go to prom with her. I'm like, what? Okay, so anyway, I wanted to tell you. <laughs> and you also, like, then you weren't really ready for the milestone because it wasn't delivered oh, to you in this, like, no sort of way that you would expect. <laughs> and I had to, like, run out and get Jacob a tux the day of prom. He did like, not have not a suit jacket. This is not how it's jacket. supposed to work, son. No, I was so mad. I was like, you're not getting a jacket. There's no way they're going to fit you for a jacket. So he just had, he actually had, like, they gave him an ill-fitting jacket, which he just carried on his finger over his shoulder the whole night. Well, that's kind of so in his pictures, he's, he's got, like, a jacket that he's holding over his back because he literally prom. got his prom outfit that day. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, um, I did remember that Isaac had a girlfriend when he was, like, 13. 
And I, you know, at that point I was still kind of, I was only, I'd only been a mom for 15 years at that point, which still, you know, that was now 10 years ago. So it feels and like if a, your oldest yeah. hadn't gone that route yet, then it was still a first. No. Um, and I remember them, him asking if I could drive them to the movies and I was driving them thinking, what life am I in right now? Oh like what gosh. is even happening? So anyway, and that's just another quick note to say for parents of much smaller kids, some of your kids are probably going to be the kind of kids who have romantic inclinations and very early and very um, steadily. And some right. just won't, which yeah. has been very interesting too, because Isaac's always been the one who's had like a romantic interest that you're just like, Oh, I didn't know that was a thing that you did. Okay, cool. But then others of my kids did not. So anyway, um, the ones I actually had written down, one was Will packing up and heading off to college this year or, you know, last fall. That was yeah. pretty emotional. He was the only kid to go that route. The others, uh, Jake and Isaac, have gone to college, but they've kind of like gone and come back, gone and come back to community college, taken a class here and there. And neither of them left home the fall after they graduated high school right. to go to in college. That very, that was, like, in that movie yeah. kind of way. Right. And I remember a moment where we we're all gathered around Will's car at, you know, 7 a.m. because he has a long, long drive ahead of him, like helping him pack up. It was, it was a lot. And yeah. the kind of funny thing is that this was now, um, he's been home. And as we're recording this, he's getting, he's literally downstairs packing up to get ready to leave again after being home for almost a month. So wow. that was another thing, like having a kid go and come back, but like on a timeline, you know, yeah. go, and then you're going to come back on this date and leave on that date. Like that's new for me. And it's big. It's, it, it's very, it feels very, um, textbook in a way that the other two weren't. So yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, okay. So this one isn't a milestone. Like it's not a date when something happens, but it's a, it's the thing where like you don't notice it. And then one like overnight something changes and the next day you go, Oh my gosh. And it's when their faces change and their bone structure changes and you see it starting. And I remember telling you when it was Owen, yeah. When it was starting to happen to Owen saying his face is changing, he's not going to be this little guy anymore. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, then a year later, I looked at him and thought he's unrecognizable yeah. compared to his old photos. Like his face is a man's face. Can I ask and, you follow yeah. up questions about that? Yeah. Um, is it like, does it feel like you got punched in the stomach a little bit? Is it like uh -huh. kind of, yeah. It's, no, it feels bad. It feels yeah. real bad. <laughs> it's, a bad it's a bad feeling. I just feel like we should kind of tell that honestly to our listeners. There's, I don't just, like it. It, it is like maybe it's like when the newbornness goes away, and of course yeah. they're still a squishy baby, but they're just not a newborn anymore. And, and it's like it takes the it it takes yeah. a while, but then it's sudden. It's I don't know how to like how to explain it any better, but right, it's like it takes time. It happens gradually, but then all of a sudden it's happened. And I have, well, I'm so much newer to this than you. And uh, Reed is 12 and a half, but pretty mature. I've seen it in Reed's mature. face when he's yeah. showing me his photos. Yeah. Um, and when I when it's a little bit hard for me is when someone else hasn't seen him for a while. So as we record this, um, my one of my mother-in-law's, Brian's stepmom, is coming to visit. And we, the kids haven't seen her in a year and a half. And so I was found myself kind of preparing myself for that being witness to somebody else who hasn't seen your kid in a long time. And it's not their fault. Of course, she's going to say, oh, my gosh, how much you've grown. Like that's that's her grandmotherly prerogative to say. But it is sometimes hard for me to 
witness. It's like it makes it more emotional or something because it makes it more real. Or then I just have to stand there and smile and be like, yep, that's what happens. That's puberty. I don't know. It is. It's like it is. It's a hard one. Yeah, it's um, that I will say that that felt more like grief to me than any other milestone. And my kids have gone through because they're not. It's not even just like, oh, they changed from this kind of baby into that kind of baby or like they changed from this kind of little kid to that kind of little kid. Like they're truly not children anymore. And you see that this is the adult face they're going to have for the rest of their lives. It's just it's it's a lot. Um, I'm going to pair this one with that one because I didn't even know this was happening until actually Eric pointed it out to me. He mentioned that Owen and I don't like touch each other very much. He's a very huggy guy. He hugs his kids a lot. And he said, I don't really ever notice you and Owen touching each other. And I was like, you know, that's so funny. And this, he said this a long time ago, like a year ago. And I was thought, oh, he's right. Owen and I right now are in a period where we're not touching each other. We're not hugging. And I think I've gone through that with every single one of my big kids. Um, mm-hmm. I can't say it's a boy thing. I don't know what it's going to be like with Clara. Right now, Clara is still shorter than me. I still... Every single day, grab her up and like snuggle her, and she yeah. just she just submits to it. Yeah. And her her head like her head kind of tucks up under my chin still, yeah. and and I just put my hand in front of the mic. Sorry about that, but she, you know she yeah. still kind of she can still kind of fold into me. And I think there becomes there comes a point when my kids get taller than me, and also maybe a little crabby, mm-hmm. oh, where definitely. I start avoiding touching them, and I didn't. It's not purposeful. I was always such a huggy, touchy, affectionate mom. And then when I realized I'm not doing it anymore, there's like this, what is even happening moment? And then I start like intentionally finding reasons to touch them again. And then I do. But with each one of the older kids, there's been a good six to 12 months where I don't feel I can approach them. Yes, I know what you mean. It And I, I'm sad that that actually happened with all of them. And it took till Owen for me to figure it out. Yeah. But I mean, at some point we do start hugging again. Like I hug yeah. my older kids. I hug, yeah. you know, I hug them all. Um, Owen, I'm finally hugging again, but I had yeah. to force it on him. I'd have to come up behind him when he's on his computer and rub his shoulders or like uh-huh. put an arm around him and give him a squeeze like, just to like ease him back into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what'll happen with Clara. Maybe it'll never go away. Maybe it's something about them outgrowing me. Maybe it's something about the tension between moms and sons. I do think that is a really real thing. So I don't really know. Um, but anyway, the milestone, I guess, is when we stopped and when we started, it's like a double milestone. Yeah. 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 And then the last thing I will say is, um, and this is really funny. You and I were both in the outline, uh, typing at the same time. Yeah. And I realized that we were both saying we were literally at the exact same time typing about COVID. Uh And I will just say, it feels really huge to me that next year, all of my kids will be high schoolers and older. So I won't have any elementaries or middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. Clara's in eighth grade and she'll be in ninth next year. And Owen will be um, a senior next year. But it feels so crappy. I feel so robbed that Owen and Clara's first years of middle school and high school were so lame because of yeah. COVID. Yeah. Like because those would have been milestones. Those would have been those your would have last been, babies. And my first. last yeah. babies first of both of yeah. those things. And yeah. they didn't they didn't happen at all, really. We were yeah. my kids were doing school virtually. So yeah. nothing. And at the time I remember feeling like, well, this isn't such a big deal. It's fine. But now looking back years later, I'm like, no, that sucked. Like yeah. that was a big yes. deal. So 
I agree. And I, I'll just start with that because I, you're right. I was writing something. And I think where I was circling around is, so my oldest is 14, going to be 15 in the spring. Um, when COVID hit was turning 11, is that possible? Or 12? No, turning 12, 11, turning 12. So a lot of the middle school and preteen milestones, I just feel like we're all tangled up in COVID times and in our move and in some other things that we've been going through with that child. So there's like this very confusing feeling where in some ways, mostly COVID, like 90% COVID related, I feel like Reed is my first 12 year old and my first 13 year old. Of course he is not. This is do not read this people as I'm like writing off my first child. That's not what I mean. But as a mother, um, those milestones were every single one of them that was related to middle school or turning 13, seventh, eighth grade. There were many of them and they were all COVID in some way or had some COVID related reason why they didn't quite feel like a milestone. Um, so there's like a little bit of arrested development, I think, for me as a mom in having teenagers. I think I'm coming to it. It's almost this is like not even the episode, but it's just me. It's almost like I have a pair of teenagers because of the way the first one became a teenager in COVID. Does that make sense? It's interesting. I find myself more aware of Reed's 13-ness than I was of Luke's. So interesting. Yeah, I I Um, think Clara starting ninth grade next year will feel like a 10 times bigger milestone than it did for Owen. And that that stinks for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I do have a couple of other like not related to COVID things that have felt like wow moments or like, oh, my gosh, you're so big. Um, One of them is really sweet, and that is having a kid with their first regular job. And I'm putting job in air quotes. Um, Luke has a regular babysitting gig for some people down the street who are amazing. They love him. He loves them. And it's not just like one time he went over there. It's a pretty regular gig. Um, and there was just, there was this moment, I don't remember if I've told it on the podcast. I don't think I have where I was on a group text with the mom and they started. So I was on the group text with my teenager and the mom who was hiring my teenager to babysit. And they started talking about rates. Like what is your hourly rate for babysitting? And I expected the child to come to me and be like, Hey mom, what should I charge? Um, and he didn't, he just quoted a rate that's very, very, um, what I thought was a little high for a 14 year old babysitter. And I just had to radically let go and be like, you know what? And then he came, have I told this on the podcast? It's okay. I I don't think so. He he came in and was like, I I just Googled what um, going rates were for babysitting. And you know, this rate seemed like it was more for nannies and professionals. And this one was a little too low because I'm, you know, da, da, da. And like, so he did the work. He got there on his own. And my reaction to the number was like, Ooh, that's, um, higher than I would have thought for a starter babysitter. But you know what? That's okay. Like he figured it out. He negotiated that. They love him. He loves them. So the whole experience of having a kid um, making their way in the world with other adults who are paying the money for things that felt like a milestone. And that I, I mean, that would be the same if they were mowing lawns or like doing anything. But for me, it felt it felt big. So that was a fun one. Well, I love that. And I will also say that I always just as an aside, I always find talk of rates babysitting rates to be one of the most subjective things there can possibly be. It's like, if I'm going to leave my kid with someone and trust that person to keep them alive, 
do I care that they're not very experienced or do I just trust that they're going to keep my kid alive? Like the job's worth this, what it's worth. Right. right. And so, my mom always yeah. used to say, if we could afford a gazillion dollars to take good care of our kids, we would, We'd pay we it, would right. pay it. Right. Cause it's like, right. it's literally the most priceless thing. So in a way it's like funny money because the actual right. value it, it, is in the dollar is it, it yeah. relates to nothing. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, another one that my older two kids have both experienced is the the getting on of braces. Now, I know a lot of kids actually get braces even in third and fourth grade if they're in that like phase one ortho when there's some things they can do with the younger smiles. None of my kids have have had phase one ortho. So both of my older ones got braces around 12, I'm going to say. Again, maybe COVID delayed for Luke. Maybe it was 13. But um, there's just a very sweet awkwardness that like, it's like it turns your kid who's already in that phase where their face is changing, their height is changing, but it gives them this like cartoonishly adolescent look. Because what do we think of when we think of like a classic middle schooler? It's like your mind goes right to braces. It's like, it's just, it's what, it's so classic. It's like a first grader with missing teeth. You got a seventh grader with metal on their face. And so for me, that has lined up with the, the junior high age and has just been, it's, it makes them seem like teens or preteens. Yeah. And it comes with all kinds of complicating factors. Or Orth- I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm a mom who goes to the orthodontist. That was a thing that I had heard moms of older kids say for so long, like, oh, we got an orthodontist appointment. And then like, just like you driving a kid to a date, it's like, wait, no, I'm the mom yeah. going to the orthodontist now. So I don't know. It's kind of silly, but it's, it's happened for both my older kids. Violet does not yet have braces, but I'm sure she probably will. So that's a fun Owen, one. Well, Owen got his relatively late um, for a variety of reasons. One of them being COVID. Like we just yep. didn't do that sort of thing then. So he yeah. just got his off a few months ago and it was, I mean, he had the very, and he wanted the metal ones. Um, he huh. didn't, I don't remember how that, I, I kind of assumed he'd lobby really hard for the porcelain ones. Yeah. And he, they must have sold him not on that or something. Cause a lot of it now, when your kid's that much older too, they just, a lot of this happens behind yeah. closed doors and he chose, I chose the, like the price range and he chose okay. everything else. He didn't do the colored bands or any of that. That might be yeah. like a younger kid thing. Um, but when those came off, it was, it was funny. Like, I'm like, well, look at you. Like yeah. That. And well, yeah, had, I haven't, yeah. I haven't even gone to the milestone yet of getting them off, but just yeah. the, the having them on feels all of a sudden very big. And I, I would guess that if you have a younger kid embraces, like a nine or 10 year old embraces, that also is going to, it's just going to, it makes kids look older and different. And there's nothing like a, you know, a a bunch of metal in your mouth to make, look at your kid and be like, wow, you're in this next phase. I'm just grateful that Owen was like a really good braces kid. He took really good care of them. He got them off very fast because he was really, diligent about them. And the last thing I would have wanted with my 16 year old is to have to hassle him about not eating, you know, chewy candy or whatever. So yeah, thank you, not, Owen. We're, yeah, good job, <laughs> Owen. Good job, Owen. Yeah. I am not going to, I am going to, um, just not respond just to that for my own children. Stain from response <laughs> and let you draw your own conclusion. Um, oh my gosh. Well, this does, this makes me love our big kids and our teenagers. And hopefully for those listening, um, have some things to look forward to. I, I guess for a final question, do you think when you feel the, like we've both had moments of warm fuzzies in this episodes where we're like, Oh yeah. Do you think that the feeling itself is pretty similar, whether your kid is taking their first steps at 12 months or getting braces on at 12, 
Or is there like a different tone to the emotion for you when you have these milestone moments as a mom of older kids? And I'm not talking about the milestones, but like the feeling of the feeling. I get you. Uh, That's a really good question. And early when we were talking about this stuff, I was like, what is the difference? There is a difference. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And no surprise, I'm a forward thinking person. When my kids were really little, I never got sad about milestones. I was excited for those milestones. Like a first step. Yay. Like I would be like, woohoo, this is so great. It gets a little more bittersweet when your youngest get older, because then it's like, I can't. Yes. I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm looking forward for them. That's great. But now what about for me? What, like what's left for me? And when it's your youngest hitting all these milestones that are ending, like coming close to the end of their childhood, it hits different. I was going to say something so similar. At first I was going to say, maybe I'm a little more self-aware or a little more in touch with the complexity of my emotions, but I really think it's what you are saying. I was so excited. Number one, for those milestones Number two, going back to that episode 164, where we had a very deep conversation about what it's like to share about your kids, you have an immediately relatable way to celebrate your kids' milestones very publicly. My kid lost their first tooth. We're out of diapers. Like they're going to school with their backpack. And the, the talking about and the sharing about adolescence is so layered, right? So that the very things that make you feel so warm and fuzzy for your kid are also like sort of private and embarrassing in a way. I mean, we're, we're pretty good about talking about it. I think vaguely and respect like respectfully on this show, but if we were to dig into it, we'd be talking about our own emotions, but in a way that like, we wouldn't really want to share with everybody. So that can also be, it's like, you don't know where to put the warm fuzzies. If you don't like, I guess you share them with a partner or your friend or in a journal, but otherwise your kid doesn't want to hear that they're like, (laughs) that their fuzzy mustache is so cute. Like, you know, exactly. it's, it's like, it's harder to share. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it happens. And one day there's grandbabies. Maybe that's uh, well, that's for me an exciting thing, but for you, probably not. No, I mean, you, <laughs> yes, that, that does speak to the difference in our, the, the age of our oldest children, that that could yes. be even sooner exactly. for you. Yeah. Well, we have a more than mom episode coming up on Sunday, the first of the year, the first of 2023. Um, And we are still kind of in this new year mode. And so we're going to talk about really about like how we approach long-term planning. That sounds like estate planning or like business. That's not what I mean. I mean, like, how do we look at a year or a quarter or a month and literally what's the process each of us goes through to get excited about the future. So that's going to be a fun more than mom episode and still very much in this January mode. So come back for that on Sunday, everyone. We will talk to you soon. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, 
nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.